Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. It's Stick It to the Man with James, Pierce, and Griffin. And today we have another interview today. Uh, we brought on my friend, Chasen Coulter. He was one of my fraternity brothers, a uh, good friend of mine, longtime friend. And he works for Fisher Investments as an account executive. Uh, he studied international business here at Washington State, graduated last year, uh, and, and went straight into the field starting to work right away. Um, you know, we hope we bring some interesting things for you guys to listen to. Uh, hopefully, we can talk about some interesting topics. And uh, a further ado, welcome, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. I'm ex- I'm excited to be here for sure. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about a few different things, uh, kind of like Wolf's we did last week. I know you listened to it, and uh, a few of our other listeners did do. Uh, hopefully, that went over well. But uh, we'll just talk about a little bit about what you do. Um, and then some questions that we have and, you know, kind of just, you know, evolving into your career and stuff. Um, so with yeah. that being said, uh, do you work, uh, what's your kind of position as an account executive uh, for Fisher Investments and w- what do you do for them? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I'm an account executive with Fisher Investments. I uh, just started in July of 2020. Um, so essentially it's a sales role. So I handle outreach for the firm. Um, I'm the first point of contact. Uh, so it is a grind at sales, but it's a lot of fun. Um, just kind of starting to get my feet under me here the last few months and things have been, uh, things have been going really well. Yeah. So, uh, what is kind of that, that day to day look of your job? Um, you know, what do you, you know, you wake up, you know, start to work, especially remotely. Uh, what, what do you be doing on a day to day basis? Um, yeah, so I'm, I start my, my hours are from like seven to three thirty. Uh, for the most part, unless um, unless something's a little different, I guess. But for the most part, I'm calling from seven to three thirty, waking up at like six, but not out of bed till like six thirty on most days. Um, hitting the phones by seven at the latest, um, and then I'm just ripping dials pretty much for uh, for the next eight hours. So um, it's a, definitely a grind. I try and call at least like two hundred and twenty people a day. Um, that's kind of like my mark that Damn. I try to hit. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot, but it's worth it. And it's a lot of fun getting, getting to talk to so many different people. Obviously I don't talk to 220, but, um, more at bats, more, more, uh, more home runs. So you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Who said that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, just kidding. Unless you're talking about the office, Michael Scott. Yeah. Come on, baby. You know who we're talking about. Come on. It's not like we didn't watch that our whole time in college. Um, yeah, we did watch that a lot. So when you're calling all these all these people every day, um, yeah. what what's your phone call? So we both worked at Colicug. Uh, you did some fundraising there and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, every single phone call kind of has a structure um, a little bit. So like, what is what is the structure of your phone call do? It the end goal of kind of your your call. What what are you trying to get the client to do? Yeah. So um, it's. Uh, we're pretty much reaching out to investors, um, not clients. So it's not people that are already invested with Fisher. Um, but essentially we're looking to learn a little bit about them, um, get a feel for what their current investment strategies or, um, investment outlook is looking like. Um, and then we kind of have to make a judgment on whether or not they could be a good fit for, for what we do here at Fisher. Um, so as far as what we're trying to do, um, I'm looking to get them in touch with, um, someone higher up in our company that, uh, that'll talk to them further. Our, our vice president, we have them around the nation. Um, so they will, we'll, they'll talk to them a little bit more in depth about what we do here. 
Um, but my end goal is, is essentially just setting meetings for them to, to speak at a later date. Yeah. And what, uh, also kind of just referring back to the sales experience and I know James, uh, we talked about this with Wolf and James kind of did a little bit of, uh, sales and like calling and stuff. So, uh, what was the kind of the hardest part for you, uh, when you started working for Fisher? Cause it's a lot different, um, than working fundraising. I was talking with Pierce about this a little bit. Uh, fundraising, like we can't like pick a side. We can't really, you know, at Call of Duty, like we always had to be very neutral right. and we kind of can't use any, uh, you know, sales tactics and, you know, kind of pitches necessarily. You're more just <laughs> playing on that emotion sale. So like what has kind of been different when you're working for Fisher versus uh, necessarily like uh, a fundraising type call? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's completely different in that it's, it's selling something, not looking to get donations. Um, and obviously our, our end goal is to, to get them on board as a client here at Fisher eventually. Um, but as far as what was the most difficult part, I mean, learning how to talk to guys that are in their sixties and seventies and even older or sometimes younger, obviously too. Um, but it's a whole different animal. I mean, I'm 22 years old coming out of college and I am, I'm learning a lot at a quick pace, but to pick up the phones and go and tell some, tell some 60 year old man, Hey, I think we, we might have a better way of doing things for you. Why don't, why don't you take a look at what we have to offer? Um, it's kind of like at the, when I first started, they were like, I, in my head, I was like, who's this kid coming to tell me like that he knows what's up, you know? Um, so it was tough at first kind of getting my confidence up to be able to believe in what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is believing in what you're actually doing um, and having a passion for it and, and knowing it's, it's something that you actually feel, feel good about selling. So damn, it's like you'd fit perfectly on this podcast. <laughs> we're, we're all about finding our passions right <laughs> yeah. i don't know i mean i didn't really expect to go into sales right out of school my dad's in sales and he has been his whole life um and so it's kind of like obviously i ended up here i mean he probably saw it coming i definitely didn't but it's been um it's been really fun and i think that i'll probably be here for a little while hopefully all things all things go well all things considered so uh yeah, yeah kind of just going off of that um where does that take you? So after an account executive, where does, um, what, what does kind of this ladder look like within this company? Yeah. So there's a bunch of different routes you can go. Um, I mean, obviously you can take a management route and try and move up through the company and upper management and, um, become a manager of a, a region or, um, a certain area, or you can continue the sales route, which I, which I'm kind of leaning towards at this moment. Um, there's obviously inside sales as well as outside sales. Um, the end goal being an outside salesperson. Um, and so it's kind of what I'm leaning towards at this moment. I mean, I have plenty of time to, to kind of figure that out. And I think I'll be in this role for the next probably three, four years. So um, that's part of my goal for 2021, or one of them at least, is, is trying to figure out what my path is going to be in this firm, and um, I'm really excited to, to learn about it. So it'll be a good time. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, God damn it. I kept, uh, that was the one thing, one thing I was going to not try and say this goddamn podcast is, yeah, totally, bro. Uh, <laughs> I said it so many goddamn times last, last podcast. It was my go-to. That being said, too. oh well, with that being said, that's just <laughs> my that. dude. That's my call of coup shit, bro. My dad clowns on me all the time about it. He's like, "You just said it again." I was like, "What?" And he's like, "With that being said, I was like, Fuck. Yeah, that's stupid, bro." But that's well, that's that's the thing with sales, at least. 
or at least in fundraising, it's so I can use the same goddamn script every time. I'm gonna say the same four reasons why you should give. And I'm gonna say the same with that being said. My first time every time, and then I'm gonna say. Yeah. So on top of that, like it's just so, uh, it's so just like the same structured script. And now, like after we've started speaking with, uh, you know, some other people about doing sales and stuff, I realize like why it's so easy for college students to do that job. It's like, yeah, bro. We, I mean, I I wouldn't say things are things are like like that when you're when you're in sales. Um, I mean, in my role at least, mm-hmm. for me, my biggest thing is being able to be dynamic. Um, exactly. Because I do talk to so many different people, and like, I mean, we talk to people with twenty plus million dollars, and we talk to people with five hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, and all their situations are completely different. So the biggest thing is figuring out, okay, in what way can we help this person, um, and part of that is just being able to be dynamic and knowing which route to take and when to take it. Exactly. And that's like one of the hard things that not necessarily that would be hard to in that transition. So it, it's interesting to kind of see that and uh, think about it in a different way. Cause I've just always thought about it the same, like, Oh, boom, 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 yeah. you know? And that's, what's cool. Absolutely. That's what's uh, do you find that like exciting? Like uh, what, what's the kind of like the, um, the, you know, vibe in the culture you kind of get from that. Uh, um, I mean, from, stuff. from the company, it's, um, it's really competitive here. Um, it's, that's, I think one of the things that drew me in is, is the competitiveness as well as the camaraderie. Everyone's trying to build each other up and bounce ideas off each other. Um, at the same time, it's, um, it's a, it's a competitive nature. I mean, I haven't seen much, obviously I've been working from home, but from what I've heard, being on the sales floor is something else. Um, and I'm really excited to experience it at some point, but it's, um, it was real. I saw it for the first time when I went for my interview. Um, and it was, it was really cool. So hopefully at some point soon we can get back into the office and I can experience that. But, um, you're going to get some fresh, me, oh, sorry. No, you're good. I was just going to say like, for me, like the thing that drives me is the chase and like trying to find that next person that, um, very, very way, very well may be like a very good client for us here at Fisher, a very, very good prospect. Um, it's, we're all about helping people and like bettering the industry. And there's not a lot of firms that do what we do specifically. So it's really cool to see uh, that there's a lot of different ways you can help people, even within this small or large industry of, of finance that it is. Um, you you mentioned better the industry and helping your clients. I, I think I saw some like advertisement for Fisher Investments one time, like a TV ad yeah, or something like that. I'm sure you did. And they were emphasizing like, uh, <laughs> like commission free or stuff. So can you just like de- develop on that a little bit or something like that? Like, how does that like, he, I saw the same what's, thing. yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> they, said they only get paid when the client gets paid or something like that. No, I mean, I don't want to go into it too much necessarily about like what our structure and stuff is. Um, I think the, what you're referring to is our commercial where it says we do better when you do better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, the way our fees are structured. It's a lot different from a lot of other places. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much. I'm not trying to sit mm. here and like give you guys no, my yeah. sales no, pitch. Exactly. Or exactly. No. But uh, like, but in terms of what's the in best one of like, got? <laughs> what's your one liner? What's your in close? Terms of, in terms of being a, a different option, like the fact that our our bread and butter, who we normally work with, where we work with large corporate pension plans, as well as higher net worth investors. And when you are investing above a certain amount, there's just a certain way of doing things that's the most efficient. Um, and a lot of a lot of people out there, they're using 
services that aren't necessarily necessarily in their best interest. Um, and it just kind of takes a lot to actually realize um, what you're invested in, how you're invested and Hey, there's probably a better way of doing this. I mean, I could go into all such it, detail and we can do that at, at some other point. We, I don't we can, waste time we can talk about it after, but <laughs> yeah. all, all it takes is one phone call with Chase and Coulter. I mean, no, the, I don't know. I don't know about that. But if, uh, yeah. if anyone, if anyone wants to learn about Fisher investments, seriously, let me no, know. Yeah, let me totally. Know, and then to explain fuck. things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got think you can edit these uh these podcasts. No, bro, that's that's rule number 1. We we do it straight through. Oh, um, oh wow. Excuse me. Okay. All unedited. <laughs> no. Uh fuck. I was I was going to say something. I totally forgot. Uh you good? Oh, you know, it'd be so cool though. Imagine like you go into the office when you're allowed back and just everyone's like, "Oh, that chasing Coulter guy, like he got that big fish, <laughs> but like, how cool would that be? Like, you know, like I think that's yeah. something. It's hard during uh, like this pandemic and like being home and stuff to like. At least for me, like I dread going to work right now. It fucking sucks. Like, yeah, it's definitely a motivator wanting to to like get back into the office and not be like. I mean, we have a. You can see everyone's production, so it's like I obviously I'd like to be one of those guys up there. Um, it's gonna it's gonna take me a little bit. There's a huge learning curve, and some of the the top performers, I mean, at this firm, they're really really incredible at what they do. Um, and my only hope is that in a, a few years' time, I can learn enough from them and, and get to where they are. Um, but yeah, certainly the motivation is to to be one of those guys that people look up to and, and people want to emulate. You know, so mm-hmm. and it's uh it's uh, it's cool. It's really fun. Is Danny in the same position as you? Yeah, so Danny's an account executive as well. Um, so it's kind of fun. We're both working from home right now, so we have our own little like Fisher satellite office. Um, I mean, obviously not officially, but it's kind of fun. We have yeah. a, our other roommate also works for Fisher. Oh, that's uh, different different department. Um, but it'll it's kind of fun when we're all working here together. It's a it's a good time. Yeah, that, that is cool, and that that's really really neat. it's at least something that you can make it enjoyable. And um, I kind of yeah, know. Sure. Uh, James probably wants to dive into some questions, but just real oh, quick, waiting, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the law. He's been waiting in the he's been waiting in the shadows. Uh, but kind of just leading leading into some things he wants to talk about, yeah, and kind of the more process side in that. Um, you know, when you did get to Fisher, uh, what did you know? I'm, I'm assuming everyone does training and stuff and and calling and things, but. Um, specifically kind of on like the, the testing stuff and just learning that, how has that process, let's just start with the testing and then kind of training beyond that after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did have to take my series 65 exam, which is the, um, uniform investment advisor representative exam. So essentially it just makes me, um, able to give investment advice, um, and do it legally. Um, it did take me three tries. You have, um, you have to like wait a month in between each try. So I was, uh, kind of lucky, not lucky. I, I worked my ass off for it for sure, but it was uh, definitely a tough test. Um, you got to get a 72 to pass. And my first try, I got a 70% missed it by like two questions. So that was a heartbreaker. Um, and then I had my second try and I'd somehow got a 68 and went even lower. And so I was like freaking out, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, and in order to work in my role, you have to have your, your series 65 passed. So, um, I had one last shot to do it and I was, it was the, most stressful hectic month of my life studying i mean i was taking 
at least six or 700 practice questions a day and just studying and it was a mess, but it was worth it every step of the way and uh, passed it the last time around. No idea what my score was. They don't tell you, they just tell you pass. So So I, yeah, so I I, I saw that on the screen (laughs) and I like, it was like the little loading bar for 10 seconds because it's all like on the computer and then it it just said pass and I literally almost started crying. I think I probably did start crying. (laughs) It was was the best feeling, man. Dude, that's a big moment though. Like, yeah, I mean- that's your career. You're starting out. It's that's a huge first step. So, congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad you're doing it. well. I was always happy yeah. to to hear you know you getting your job. I remember we'd be in the frat and stuff, and you'd be like, "I got my got my next interview." Like they're pushing me along. You're just it super crazy, super stoked about it though. And it, like that's just uh, that's also kind of some of the reason we, or at least I wanted to start a podcast is just to get all my boys' experiences and like kind of the glow up and shit. And like this is your first yeah. episode and waiting when we do a year and do another and you're just balling bro it's gonna be hot. it's gonna be absolutely <laughs> yeah man hot. that's that's the plan but i mean the process was it was a lot of work I, I worked my ass off i mean i'm super thankful for the opportunities i got being able to go to the career fair at wazoo that was a game changer for me um and then just being able to stick with it through the interview process i remember it was i think it was a few months long so it was definitely kind of grueling but um, i was really really excited to get through it and finally finish it so it yeah. was fun all right, James. Go yeah, I definitely got some questions. <laughs> Hit me. So going off you getting your Series 65 uh, yep. license, um, what are some other licenses that you see people getting? And what are they like specifically for? Mm-hmm. And why do you want to get those or uh, those licenses? Yeah, so right now, um, like the Series 65 makes you able to give investment advice. um, And that's kind of where I wanted to go with my like after I got out of college where I wanted to go with things is that was my goal is to be in a position where I can where I can do that in a few years. So now I'm qualified for that. Now it's just a matter of um, getting promoted through the ranks and and getting up into a position where I'm actually the person um, giving the advice or um, in a position like a client facing position. But as far as other exams, I mean, the, there's the series six and the series seven exam, which I believe are, they license you to like solicit securities. So that would be mm-hmm. uh, like a broker role where you're actually yeah. calling people and saying, uh, and making trades and selling, selling financial products and stuff like that. So that would be a series six and series seven. Um, I'm not really interested in that side of the industry. I don't really, um, after learning a lot about it from, from this point of view, um, I'm not sure I really want to venture onto that side of the industry because it's completely different. Um, so for now, the 65 is, is good for me. And I think that maybe in a few years I'll feel differently, but I'm in a really good position as far as where I want to be right now. Yeah. What, uh, what specifically do you not like about that side of it, I guess? Because that's something like, I feel like I would like, mm-hmm. but the, but yeah, so I, I'm just curious on what you want to like about it. Um, I don't know if it's like that I don't like what they do so much as um, I like more the, I guess, advising position and the advising role of it rather Mm -hmm. than being the one physically making the trades. I'm not, I mean, the stock market is a a cold, dark hole in my opinion. Uh Um, And I am not the person at this moment in time who should be in charge in charge of trading you know or and doing mm-hmm. anything like that and i mean it, at this point it's not the biggest interest to me um so i i don't know maybe things will change and maybe i'll be super super interested in it soon but as of right now i'm more of like 
on the the advice giving and the planning side and, and figuring out what the best options for people's retirement are and, and how to help um, that side of the industry like retire and and have, be able to provide income through retirement and have everything they mm-hmm. want to be able to live the way they want to live so. um real real quick so we were talking about like those other the latter too um, mm-hmm. so once you do kind of move up to like, say an outside sales position and stuff, will you mm-hmm. be doing more like analytical things and like actually breaking down stuff for people and like choosing investments or, I mean, it's a little bit of that. It's not so much choosing investments necessarily, but it's explaining to them on paper and, and giving them examples of why this is the best option for them. Um, and it's actually sitting down face to face with clients and saying, hey, this is the path we're going to make for you and build for you to help you accomplish your goals versus um, the analytical side is more figuring out where those specific industries and, and sectors are to be invested. That's that's some serious stuff that requires a, a huge amount of research, uh, which is incredibly impressive that people lots can do charts. that and do it successfully. Yeah, it's lots of charts. I'm a people person. Um, I'm, I love talking to people. I love communicating with people and being able to gain the education that I can at Fisher and still be able to see the people side of the business is kind of why I wanted to get into outside sales. Um, also, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities across the country because obviously we need someone in, in every area. Um, and it'd be cool to explore another part of the country. I don't, I really don't know where at this point, but I mean, it's, it's always an option. I'm only 22. So. Well, there you go. No, yeah, I see the the other side of it sounds so interesting to me. The whole anal, like analytical stuff. That's what I personally like. So I feel like I would. Right. I it's would also, like that. It's also like the same thing though of like just finding out what you kind of want to do. And like James, you mm-hmm. you did that. It was like, no, I need the spreadsheets. I need the charts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like the people. Not you don't not yeah. like the people. It's just like the rejection. Yes, I can't handle it, bro. But I mean, you just gotta, you gotta be in that mindset where it's like every single person that says no to you is like, statistically, it's one step closer to a yes. That's exactly what you're you're calling. If you're calling people and you call 50 people and they're all like, fuck you, dude. Like, no, no. And it's like, okay, like that's your loss. I had something really great to talk to you about next person's going to get it not you and if you don't have that mindset when you're dialing 200 plus people a day like you're going to have an awful time see james yeah james just remember like that person that you were trying to sell spacex to lost (laughs) out on elon musk's company bro like we wish you could invest in it not come on like oh they're sick it's easy like that bro so jason i had a question about like the 200 dials that you're doing so you said like each no, you're getting closer to a yes. But I mean, I've had days personally, well, especially in real estate, because you barely convert really anything. So mm-hmm. there's days of where you're like, no, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with the days that you get absolutely nothing and you ripped, I don't know, 20, 200 plus dials? Yeah, I mean, those days are tough. I mean, if you're, so like what you judge by is how many contacts you get. I mean, mm-hmm. on a really good day, you'll get to 200 dials and you'll also talk to, say 50 or even 60 people and that's great because those are at bats you know and yeah. and obviously those 60 people aren't going to say yeah but um on days where you don't talk to anyone or you're just getting hung up on after the after, as soon as you say hello you get into the 300s and that's when it's just like oh my gosh i've called 300 people i've talked to <laughs> 40 of them you know and they and none of them wanted to talk to me so 
I mean, I think the biggest thing for me after those days is getting away from work for yeah. a second and going to, whether it be working out um, or going to play golf for a little bit, or even just going and screwing around and shooting some hoops, you know, yeah. um, after those days, I just have to decompress. I have to get away from it because I'm the kind of person who is a perfectionist and I, and I want to be able to do really great every day. But I think that was also a really big learning curve for me is learning that sales is, is seriously, excuse me, seriously so up and down. Um, so I, I had a hard time those first couple of days where I was like, okay, why didn't I, why didn't anything happen? Like I didn't do anything today. That was awful, you know? And then the next yeah. day you have, you have a really great day and you, you set four meetings or something. It's like, holy crap, like that's what I needed yesterday. And it's also part of just like riding that fire, you know, when you're mm. on a hot streak, you got to keep going. You don't want to like get out what of that moment. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's huge, especially being on the phones. It's, it's a lot different. Obviously you're, you're a lot of face-to-face -face interaction selling real estate and stuff. But for yeah. me, I can just hang up the phone and hit the hit click again. And I'm calling, <laughs> talking to another person immediately. Yeah. Um, so a big part of it is like being able to just block everything out, whether it be, whether you're able to do it for an hour and then take a 10 minute break, do it for an hour and take a 10 minute break, or you can go for longer. You have to have those like sessions where you're just locked in you know yeah. and like mm -hmm. you get a couple good ones and you keep going or you maybe you get a, a lot of bad ones but you just keep going until finally like something clicks and it works you know yeah so is that kind of how you schedule your day you're talking about like one hour of dialing and then you take a break for five minutes or ten minutes and then on top of that are you dialing the entire day um, so I'm okay. So I'm pretty, I need to get better about this. I'm, I'm pretty awful at taking breaks right now. Um, it's really hard for me because I have been, I've been in a really great groove lately and it's so hard for me to just be like, okay, I'm going to stop dialing for like 20 minutes and just go take a break. Um, so I've been kind of forcing myself to do it more, but, um, right as of right now, it's kind of like I'll dial for probably three hours and then take a nice little 20 minute break relax um i'll put in some notes for some calls that i've done in the done in those three hours or something but then i try and get back on the phones for another block of two or three hours you know just to to bang that out every day it makes a huge difference whereas if you're like 45 minutes and then you know your bed's right there and the couch is right out there these days and so it's like dude yeah, you would not go get couch locked yeah it's it's a it's a, it's definitely different um but I, I want to get better at being able to, to take breaks. It's just hard for me right now because I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and I'm getting a lot better as I go along. So I just want to, I just want to keep going. It's yeah, kind of a dick thing. For sure. I remember, I think off, off camera, you were talking about your first like three months, they were pretty tough and then you've mm -hmm. kind of caught your groove in the next few months. What do you think you learned in those first three months or like the six months that you've been in the job that maybe you could have told yourself in the, like when you started out? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it was the rejection and dealing with it. Um, another thing for me was seeing the fact that everything's so transparent at this firm. I mean, everyone Ooh. can see everyone's production. So yeah. for me, seeing my, maybe my peers have a really good month and me not, I'm like, it was crazy. I was like, I'm always so good at everything yourself. when I try it. Yeah, you, you have to, and you have to like, look at that and be like, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? Um, so exactly. one thing that I started doing was reaching out to those people, those top performers, literally listening in on their phone calls, um, doing mock calls with them where they would act like the, the prospect. Play. Yeah. Role play. And they would act like the prospect and I would be the caller. Um, and then also just picking their brain, you know, and getting, um, tips on how they organize their, their, uh, business and their base because we have a a base of 
X amount of people to call. And if it's not organized, you're going to mix things up and you're not going to, you're going to call someone too many times. You're not going to call someone enough and mm-hmm. you're going to just lose, you're going to lose out on money. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me was dealing with that rejection and learning how to get over it. But I, but also learning how to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish yeah, I would have sure. done that more in my first three months. Granted, I was taking my series six or trying to pass my series 65 those first three months. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a grind. Um, so I just, just had to keep, keep my head down and keep pushing. When you were trying to pass that test, you weren't calling people or cause you couldn't yet. Could you, or were you just, studying? so yeah, so I was doing both. I was working and I was studying. Um, I was in the office at that point. So I was pretty much going through training um, and I wasn't really on the phones. And um, so I was doing mock calls, listening in on people. And then I would take like the last three hours or two hours of my day just to study pretty much. But then when I got to my third try, um, I was pretty much like, okay, I don't really want to work at all because it's, to be honest, it's not worth it if I'm not going to be here after this month. Um, it was my last try. So if I didn't pass it, I was kibbutz, young California kid was going back to California. So um, not too a lot of weight on, definitely a lot of weight beater. on my shoulders. Yeah, exactly. I hit the buzzer beater. So um, I pretty much just didn't, didn't really work at all during the last month before I, where I was studying there. And I just was hammering time in the books the, i have my my textbook right here it's freaking i almost thought you were disgusting gonna... i hate this thing <laughs> this is what you're in for jolly is that one is that the one textbook you've actually read front to front to back <laughs> oh god <laughs> front to back like four times and yes you'd probably be right i don't know if i read a textbook at wazoo go kooks baby go kooks go kooks um <laughs> Yeah, that's fucking great. Uh, James, do you, you got anything? Uh, I guess I'm sort of curious because you said that you weren't thinking of doing sales. What were you planning on doing before sales? I thought I wanted to be like you and I thought that I wanted to go into um, like the analytical side of things and looking so at funny. charts and trying to like actually get into trading and stuff like that. And I realized mm-hmm. that was so not for me. Like I, I couldn't do it, man. I, I, I hated just sitting there and like looking at, looking at charts and trying to figure things out. Um, I'm, I'm a people person and it just works better that way for me. So I think that realization came like when I started my job search and I was like, I started looking into what these jobs actually entail. And I was Mm -hmm. reading things like, um, Excel, like a lot of Excel stuff and sitting behind your computer, just looking at, and I'm like, wait, whoa, no, that's totally not what I want to be doing. And then found, found out that sales is obviously there's still really great money in it. Um, and you're talking to people, which I'm a lot better at. So I tried to give it a shot and I ended up really liking it. So I think I'll be here for a little while. That's so funny. Yeah, we're literally the exact opposite. Like, I thought I was going to like sales, and my whole life I'm like, yep, I'm going to do sales after college. I was like, I'm going to love it. Right. Go into a sales, like, position. Like, I went into two over, like, the summer. Absolutely hated it. Just, I was never like, know. What were, you, what were you doing? So, I met this dude. Yeah, this is a long story. Uh, Did you just give me the, sh- give me the shorts of it, because I kind of heard some of it from the last episode, I think. Yeah, so basically I met this dude and somehow, I don't know how he did this. This dude was a genius. I don't know how he did it. Some 25-year-old kid um, 
somehow figured out how to let some big company, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, let him sell SpaceX for him, and he got, like, a chunk of it. Mm-hmm. And basically I started working for him, and on the interview, he literally just threw me on the phone. He was like, just start calling right now. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean? Uh, oh, my God. That's so, yeah, funny. I just started dialing. I'm like, oh, my heart's, like, beating out of my freaking chest. And yeah, like, I remember oh, that feeling. Scary as hell, bro. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot. But, uh, yeah, I quit that shit after, like, a week. I'm like, nah, that shit's too much for my heart. Like, it hurts when people say, like, fuck out of here and all that shit. Like, I cannot deal with it. But, uh. And then I talked to Pierce in August, and I was talking about the whole like, um, accounting route because I know he was looking into that. And Yeah, you basically just sit down, look at spreadsheets all day, and that's kind of the opposite of sales. But, I mean, you never I feel like you never know, James, until you try sales. And I feel like you may never know if you like accounting until you're actually in the in the. Yeah, dude, you don't know grinding. until you try. I, I thought I would hate sales. I honestly remember, like, just like me, I thought I hate sales, but I think – love it i think one of the things too we were kind of talking about this with wolf is like really having a good firm um like it sounds like fisher's been great for chasing you know it's like right the environment that like fits him uh you know especially like that competitiveness like that's dude that's something i wish i could put in the call good call center is show everyone's stats across the board so you could actually be more competitive and like push people like that's something that's really cool and i guess it's you know more of a you know a sales spot but like I think, I think that competitiveness, though, like, comes from sports for me. Like, that's something mm-hmm. I needed for, exactly. for a job. Like, I had to have competitiveness. I couldn't just clock in and clock out and, like, not have anything to work exactly. for. Exactly. You know, that's crazy. And I think, I think James, I think that kind of, like, doing that SpaceX thing was just so, like, it was that one dude doing it. And, like, he wasn't able to yeah. provide, like, training and stuff. So, like, yeah. I do think if you do go into another firm with a different kind of sales position or, you know, sales situation... I think that you you might actually find out that you do enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely think having a good mentor would help for sure. Um, just guiding you through the whole process because this dude sort of just threw me to the wolves, so to speak. And I, def- I definitely had some interesting conversations. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think having like someone to guide you through that whole learning curve would be nice. And it sounds like you sort of had that a little bit, but it still is a grind though. I know you still got to make the calls and go through all that. Like- no, but I mean, you're right. Having a mentor is a huge thing. I had, a, um, I still do have a mentor, but I mean, part of my training was making sure I listened to him at least a couple times a week to listen to how he talks to people on the phones, learn some of his strategies and tactics. And then another part of it was him and my boss as well, listening to me, like using a splitter and listening to my phone calls and saying like, and feeding me lines. Like literally I would just, they would be listening to, and they would say something and then they, and then I would just repeat it. Um, and that's kind of, it was a huge part of how I learned and, and just learning like, okay, he said this now, this is a great time to, to say this. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not all about talking. I think the biggest part about sales is fucking listening to people. Like you have to mm-hmm. know what someone wants and you have to know what someone wants to hear. Um, so that was also a huge learning curve for me is like not just regurgitating everything I just learned in like mm-hmm. a month of training, but actually listening to what the person is saying and not just spitting something out that I threw down on like on a call plan, you know? Do you, uh, so call plans, do you write your own scripts or... 
Yeah. So we, you're, everyone pretty much like starts with a, like a call plan that's given to them. Um, and then you're obviously more than welcome to come up with whatever you think is going to work best for you. Um, a bunch of people stick to a call plan rigorously. A lot of people go off the cuff. It just depends on what you think is best for you and what works. Um, and what's best for you. Like I said, I, what works best for me is being dynamic um, yeah. and being able to adjust to things. So personally, I don't like having an exact script to go by. When I first started doing that, mm -hmm. I was literally reading word for word what I wrote down and I would say it out loud and it would be completely irrelevant to what the person mm -hmm. just said to me. And so it was kind of like, obviously you can't write things down in preparation because you know what someone else is going to say. Like you have no idea what this person about to say. You have to react on the fly. Um, so I do have a lot of stuff written down in front of me every day when I'm calling, like a lot of one-liners, yes. A lot of um, good objections to their objections. Um, but as far as what I use pretty diligently, it's just trying to be dynamic on the phones and listening to what they want you know, cause that's the, that's the only way you're going to connect with someone is being able to listen to what they have to say. What's the top rejection you get? Um, the top rejection we get is probably just like, nah, I got a broker. Thanks. And then just hang out. Like yeah. that's, that's usually how it goes. I mean, most, the majority of people we call already have a plan in place. Um, and they have a broker, or an advisor working, um, working for them. And they, sometimes they're very involved in it. Sometimes they literally just say, here's my 401k or here's my, my IRA and, and you guys manage it. And they're just like, you ask them, you'll be like, what are you, so how are you invested? And they'll be like, oh, they got me set up. Great. And you're like, you just have no idea <laughs> like, what's like, going on like, under the hood. Or... Your life savings, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you, don't you want to, don't you want to know how that's like, that's working for you and that it's in the best situation possible. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a lot of what it is, is hearing other people's situations and being able to be like, okay, that's, that's great. It's gotten you this far. Maybe it's time to keep an open mind to a different strategy. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the objection handler that you say to people who say that they have another broker or what do you have a specific one that you use? The call plan. Um, no, not really. It's, uh, I'll say a lot of different stuff. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, oh, great. Who are you working with? You know, and just like try and ask them and try and start a conversation with them because you're never going to call someone and just be like, get right into what you want to talk about. You're going to have to, they're going to be like, oh, I'm in the car driving. Like I can't talk. And you're like, oh, you know, like Bluetooth. Don't you have Bluetooth? <laughs> you yeah, no, seriously. And I mean, a lot of times though, that's, that's how it works. Like one guy told me today, he was like, give me a call around four 30. Like I'll be in the car driving home. Like I know I can talk for a little bit and that's, that's great. Cause then I have him doing nothing but sitting there listening to me for, for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a bunch of different stuff you can say like, Oh, I mean, how did, how are you invested? And then a lot of times they'll just be like, why are you asking me? Like, who, who are you even calling me? So it's, it's not really best to just like try and combat it right away. It's more of just like, oh, do you, do you even know why I'm calling? Like, I'm just wanted to reach out and, and see if there's anything we can do to help kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what, what's kind of the craziest plan that you've heard of from people that you've talked to? Or do they not really tell you what they have invested? Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Um, people just have certain ideas about certain things. Like a lot of people think that 
annuities are the best investment in the world. Oh, okay. okay. And, uh, <laughs> James is I'm sick. Not, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm Dog. not. I'm not here to talk bad on anyone at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, anything like or that. Or investments but, or anything. No. I mean, when you have a lot of money invested into something like an insurance product, it makes you wonder, like, do you do you care at all? Like, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean? Kind of dive into that. Um, It's just that uh, that's basically an insurance product. Um, It's it's it can be an investment. It's it's, you can use it for income um, and it's a great use of um, like passive income because you literally don't do anything. But there's also a lot of restrictions that go along with it. There's penalties like once you sign up for them, there's a lot of times you have to keep your money there for five or 10 years. Um, And if you die, like they're probably one of the most confusing investments ever. If you dive into them, a lot of times you find that most of them aren't even tracking the market. They're just tracking indices. Um, and they're not fully invested and it's, it just doesn't really make sense. I don't even know that much about them. Uh, that's actually what my, my roommate, part of his job is looking into those a little bit deeper. Um, but that's one thing we, we help people do at Fisher as well as we, uh, we help you analyze like what you're invested in and help explain to you like why this isn't the best option for you, or maybe it is the best option, but, or maybe it is a good option, but there's probably a more efficient option for you. Um, and that's really what helps people understand like oh i've just been doing this blindly for 20 years and now i actually am starting to understand how i'm being set up for the rest of my life which is the most important years i mean 60 to 80 to 90 years old you're at your most vulnerable don't you want to be able to have everything you need when you need it you know Mm -hmm. and it's all about setting yourself up properly james i want a full report and breakdown of annuities when we do this debrief podcast on chasing dude oh, good all right like good luck there's <laughs> fixed enough. index there's no just variable he'll be able to do it he's, he's the stock guy of the podcast that's his no, job yeah, he can the, he can do that <laughs> i'll just yeah i'll just drink my bang on ice in the morning you just dive in yeah but i mean that dude that goes like hand in hand with that other side of the industry a lot of those brokers um they they're selling products you know annuities are a financial product a lot of times they're pretty nice little commission attached to them Um, Mm -hmm. but what are you selling this person like can you believe in it can you believe can you believe in in what you're selling honestly can you like look an 80 year old man in the face and and take seven hundred thousand dollars but you can do it over the phone that's why people do it bro they don't have to look him in the face they will steal they are the man bro fuck them I don't know. If I don't believe in the product, I can't look another person in the eye and be like, you should get this. Like, you, you need this. To. I can't, yeah, like, I couldn't do that. Absolutely. What else do you guys got for me? Come on, I know you came up with some questions for this. I want to I want to talk. Right, James was, <laughs> Pierce has got I, 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 got, I got a good one for you, Jason. Um, yeah. So what I, I kind of like to look at what jobs I take from the long term. So mm-hmm. like, what are you looking at like in the next five years what would be like the best case scenario for you like do you see yourself doing this for a while for like the rest of your life or are you trying to transfer over into something else or start your own practice or what 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 does the next five years look like for you um so the next 
three to four, I'm going to probably be in the same role that I am now, like perfecting my craft, getting really, really great at sales, um, learning as much as I can about the industry. Cause I mean, I'm still very green. I've only been here for six, seven months at this point. Um, so these next four years are going to be huge in building my, um, my repertoire of skills and, and learning as much as I can about this industry. I think I do want to stay in this industry. I also think I do want to stay at Fisher for as long as I can. I absolutely love the company and there's so much growth within it to be had um, that I think I would be fairly silly to not take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go the sales route, but I also want to, um, on my own time, look, start looking into real estate. Um, one of my big things is uh, having that rental income Mm -hmm. that's something that i'm going to be trying to get started by at least the age of i don't know 30 32 um i mean at the latest hopefully are you talking commercial or residential no i'm talking like residential like apartments oh you could do Um, it way before then yeah i know and so that's kind of i'm right now i'm just like stacking my bread have you seen this tiktok No, I haven't. Oh, I, I'll do, send you I the, had to delete TikTok. I can't. Oh, I just it's cringy. So much, don't, but if don't you send it to me, I'll watch it. I'll send them. I'll send them. Don't worry. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Have you read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Pierce? Yeah. I, so I've actually heard a lot about that. Uh, I listen to a lot of Bigger yeah. Pockets podcasts. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. But they not super, but I've heard of I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So they preach a lot about that book. And I'm in like mm-hmm. a Facebook group, too. It's like called Real Estate Rookie. And there's just mm-hmm. a bunch of random people that just have regular nine to five jobs that kind of reached financial independence within like four to five yeah. years of investing Absolutely. in real estate. So yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. What, what's your opinion on the book? Um, I think it completely changed my perspective on when I want to retire and how it's, what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was always going to be, I thought everyone worked till they're like 60 or 70, you know, it's like, hung up the boots but i'm like starting to i'm gonna cut out at like 45 50 like 55 you Dude, know you could be done at 35 if you make <laughs> i know i know I'm right you, get four um, rental properties under your belt yeah so that's i mean i'll be i'll be hitting you up in a few years here um but my plan right now is just to sack my bread and be able to have the ability to to go that route um, that's definitely the route I'm going to take to, to get my financial independence. And I, I mean, I owe that to my dad. He's the one that put me onto that book and he like, you know, he read it as a, as a 55 year old and was like, shit, I should have read this 40 years ago, but he's like, here, it. my son, my that's son can read it, you know, um, it, it totally changed my perspective on things. And it kind of made me a lot more excited to know that this independence and this freedom and really this, um, this, whole not relaxing but like where you where you're your own boss the freedom yeah yeah, seriously like the the independence being able to do that yourself that's that's so appealing to me yeah when did you read the book um i read it i okay well i started reading it senior year and uh of college or high school yeah of college thing things just went all around senior year though so i finished it like just probably seven months ago or so um, but I mean, it, it was, it was a really great read and the, the actual hard copy is really cool. Cause there's a lot of like examples in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like reading it, taking notes through the whole thing, but it, I just didn't even know. I had no idea. I had no clue. when I started reading the book, what it was going to really, I knew it, what it was going to be about, but I didn't realize that it was going to go into such detail. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't realize that like 
it was so accessible. Like it's really not that hard if you yeah, just do some research and, and educate yourself. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's, it's not impossible or, or even hard per se. Yeah. What was kind of your opinion on work and I guess like income before you read the book? And then kind of, you kind of explain what you feel now, but I guess, what did mm-hmm. you think about like before you read the book? Um, I don't, I didn't really know. I mean, I knew, I knew that I was going to need to have like some type of income in retirement. I knew that there was going to be some type of retirement plan with work once I started working and all that. Um, but I didn't, re- I wasn't really aware that you could just have income coming in passively by making an investment in something Mm -hmm. um, that that's not necessarily like investing in the market Um, another thing that's that's super appealing to me is like buying a duplex um, and living in one side and having someone live in the other oh yeah house hatching baby yeah yeah why not you know like pay my mortgage for me and then that's going to be done in a few it's going to be done in five years instead of freaking 10 years and then i'm going to just be raking in profit so yeah, if you why want, wouldn't if, you? If you want to go even <laughs> crazier on top of that, you could rent out each room on each side of the duplex. So say if you have like three bedrooms, you could rent yeah. out the two other bedrooms that you live in and then the three other bedrooms on like the other side. That's, right. It's that's wild. Dude. Yeah, see I I never really thought about that and that until I started reading or like listening to podcasts and watching YouTube mm-hmm. videos. And it's like nothing that you really learn about in school. Like I kind of had the same situation. Like, oh, I'm just going to put like $500 in the stock market every month and then retire when I'm 65. Right. But then it's like if you could like put 3.5% down in like a house hack and then rent out the other side, that could basically set you up for the rest of your life. And it kind of like leverages you to buy even more properties the next year or two two years down the lane. Yeah, because obviously like you're not going to – if you're – starting small you can start trading up and you're going to avoid all those capital gains because you can trade up to a bigger property and avoid it so it's it's pretty it'd be almost stupid of someone to not look into it yeah exactly so it's that simple you know like just do some research look into everybody it. <laughs> seriously yeah. it'll change the world i wish it'll change everyone's financial situation <laughs> Dude, i'm I telling w- you you could bring people out of poverty doing this i just Facts. wish uh colleges i had one one class last year where uh it was my entrepreneurship class and like we didn't have a book we read uh phil knight's autobiography shoe dog um and just like starting nike and stuff and that was really cool but i wish i had more classes like that i wish we read more books besides textbooks because i think like for example rich dad poor dad like it provides so much um, and, th- you know, they could probably tie in classroom exercises and stuff into those books. You know, my oh, other yeah, teachers with Shoe oh. Dog did it. Like, and it's just, yes, I get, like, we learn the fundamentals and stuff, but there has to be stuff beyond that, you know, that actually yeah, applies to real life. And, and that goes across all education. I wish I learned about, you know, more money things and budgets and taxes in high school. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just... It's crazy how much you really have to self-educate yourself. And that's something, at least uh, during this pandemic, that I kind of learned. I, you know, I started picking up a book, a physical book. The boys, I remember, we all started re- reading, uh, what did we read? Oh, Random, Random Walkdown. Random Walkdown Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. That's a great oh, book. Yeah. Jolly, I got some recs for you, some book recommendations that you have oh, to Oh, please. Let me write them down. I need Hold a on, new let me, book. Let me grab them. Hold on. <laughs> no, yeah. That book... 
or the Rich Dad Poor Dad is a great book. I know. I'm gonna. Really I'm gonna read it. it. If you haven't read it, I'm definitely gonna um, pick it up. The only three questions that still count. All right, hold on. We we can also write down. these down after the pod. But <laughs> what are the other wrecks? What are the other wrecks? Lose Sam. Okay, the only three questions that still count is my first. Um, markets never forget, but people do is my oh. second. Um, and and then there's just a another one called Plan Your Prosperity. Um, it's just a good read to if you're like thinking about how to get to your retirement. Um, all all Ken Fisher books. So sorry for the bias. That's a little but, Fisher plug. You <laughs> probably bias, he got all these the books for free. The man's a genius. Affiliate the man's link. A genius. <laughs> Man's a genius. Um, but yeah, man, there's the whole real estate thing is like, it was eye-opening for me to see. And that's so cool, Pierce, that like you're starting out with that because you can you can go so far with it. There's so many different avenues, whether it be commercial like you and Dylan were talking about, the Wendy's and all that, um, or whether it just be residential and, and dealing with apartments and dealing with housing. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest things that I was eye opening to me is like anybody can do this. So if you have like a four, like forty thousand dollars salary or like a fifty thousand dollars salary, you don't even have to put that much money down, and yeah. then you can rent out another side. And then depending on how like uncomfortable you want to be, you can rent out <laughs> four rooms in your bedroom. Yeah, no, but, seriously, it's crazy. There was one guy that I listened to a podcast, and he rented out his own bedroom. And then he lived on his couch. Oh behind my god, what a savage! <laughs> smart, bro. Hey, Very dude, smart, dedication man. to the bread. I respect it, dude. As That's long right. as as long as the roommates are down, I'm there, bro. I'm fucking there. Say less. So when are we all gonna buy a Wendy's together so I oh. can just walk into our <laughs> Wendy's? Yeah. Did you, did you, listen, you listen? Four to for fours. Ooh, that'd be so. On these. Wolf Wolf wants to buy a Arby's, just, Arby's. To, just to spite Pete. <laughs> I'm gonna go into that Arby. I'm gonna go into that Arby's and oh, make a ruckus. Nonsense. Story. We're gonna once a week. Ruckus. One of us is going. In, or we're all gonna have restraining orders. <laughs> he better not do that. <laughs> he doesn't know what's coming. Um, this is also kind of uh, one thing that we, we were talking about um, in our little debrief is like moving out of your hometown uh, and, you know, kind of stepping away and being uncomfortable and stuff. It, you know, moving from California to Vancouver, Washington is definitely a change uh, for the yeah. weather and stuff. I mean, you're used to, uh, you know, kind of Washington, you know, going to WSU and, you know, hanging out with us up in Seattle and stuff. But uh, <laughs> how is that kind of just in your personal life work and everything kind of just changed and how has that transition been? Yeah, it's, um, it's actually been really, really great for me. Um, like you said, living in Pullman for the last, what, four years, I, um, have been adjusted to this climate. Um, i definitely don't have my nice California tan anymore. I'm a, little, I'm a white boy like you guys these days, but, um, <laughs> but it's been really great. I have, um, some really great friends I'm living with Dan Persa. He was in our fraternity um, and he's been seriously one of the biggest helps for me since I moved up here, not only with work, uh, but just like being someone to hang out with and being someone to talk to. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving from California just over summer was, was pretty cool. Actually, me and my dad drove up together from, uh, from my house in Ventura County. And we like made it a little three day trip, stopped in Napa and played some golf. And then we stopped in, um, stopped in, 
bend and played a Nicholas course. And that was really fun. Did you go to any um, breweries so, in Bend? Uh, we didn't go to any breweries when I was coming up with my dad, but we, we did go for my birthday. I was there, oh. um, went to a few different ones. That's fun. I probably couldn't tell you the names of them <laughs> at this point, but they were fun. <laughs> no, um, totally. But, but it's, it's been really great. I think one of the big reasons I moved up here, um, is because I wanted to be close to the mountains. I love to snowboard. It's kind of my passion at this moment. So being able to be an hour and a half away from Mount hood is huge. I mean, I grew up going to mammoth and it was like six hours away. So being able to just go after work is crazy. I mean, we get up a little early and take off a little early and, um, on the mountain at 4 30 in the afternoon getting some night turns in after a long day of work there's nothing better than that like at all and mm. to be able to say like i'm 22 years old and being able to do that is the coolest thing ever like this is all i've ever dreamed of as a kid is just being able to do what i want and have a good job that supports it so i'm like so stoked i mean i, I love it up here it's awesome i'm a ha- i'm like the happiest i've ever been it's crazy that's that's awesome man uh, do you think moving out of your hometown kind of helped you with, I don't know, personal goals or like career goals or like just pushing you outside your comfort zone to kind of succeed more than if you didn't leave your hometown? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the thought of, um, going to community college was definitely there for me. It was an option as far as like doing two years local, um, and then <clears throat> transferring to a four year after that but I knew I was smart enough to get into a four year out of high school. Um, and I, to be honest, I was in a place where I would like my senior year, I was done, man. I was like checked out. I, I did fine in school, but I was just like, I'm so ready to get out of high school. I was over everything mm-hmm. and I just wanted something new. Um, and so that's why I wanted to start looking for schools out of state. Um, but I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like it helped me grow in terms of, having to learn how to do stuff on my own um and just grow up like i don't i can't just like call my dad and be like yo like my card got declined you know like (laughs) it's on me now and i think that was one of the biggest learning curves was realizing how quickly money goes like i have rent to pay and i have some bills to pay and it's like whoa i've never done this before i got like a hospital bill the other day after after thinking i um, thinking i broke my finger and then i had to pay i had to pay some money and i was just like wait what like since when do i have to do this um but i mean it's it's been great and it's been a, a really big learning curve and i'm trying to get everything organized and situated now when I'm young so that when I in 10 years when I've been doing it for a little while everything's just smooth and I know how the know how it goes so dude I'm excited for you I mean I love I absolutely love I love hearing I love hearing my boys stories uh it's so cool I can't it makes me excited uh you know doing this whole podcast right now has made me stoked absolutely stoked to just get jamming on work and like do stuff motivates uh, us yeah no it motivates us it motivates sure. all of us uh you it's know. gonna be so it's gonna be so fun when you start Griff. like it's crazy just being an adult and like this is it Rainbow. this is all we got for the next 50 <laughs> years bro exactly bro years. i got fomo of you guys <laughs> <laughs> fucking sit here like Not damn it next 10 years because i'm buying real estate <laughs> yeah pierce's we're gonna all hop on pierce's train yeah. and we're gonna just be cooling well we're uh, about at an hour 59 minutes on the dot so I just want to say, hey, thanks, Che. We really do appreciate it, man. 
Uh, we'll be releasing this and doing a little debrief on it. But hey, you've been a, a huge pleasure. Thanks for being our second guest, and uh, yeah. can't wait to have you on. Maybe a few months or stuff, and see you just popping off and coming in and gloating, yeah, gloating to Let's us. Let's do it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I really appreciate it, and I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. So it's been real, and we'll do it again soon. All right, yes, peace sir, out, brother. Sure. Go Cougs, boys. Thank you, Chad. Go Cougs.